Welcome to Lift Yourself Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and I created this podcast to help you feel inspired and uplifted so you can unleash your potential self to the world. In this podcast, I talk about divine feminine energy, female empowerment, personal development, and much more. You can expect a mixture of guest interviews and solo episodes from me alongside some of my guided meditations. I'm so happy that you're joining me today. So let's get started. Hello, welcome back to Lift Yourself Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and today I am in a completely different setup to where I usually am when I create episodes for the podcast. I am at Liverpool Podcast Studios. Now, I have recorded episodes here in the past, but it's been so long since I sat down and recorded a face-to-face interview, so I'm really excited to get into this because I find they're just so much better. So today I am joined by Mark Scanlon, who is an ex-MMA fighter. He is an investor a businessman and a proud dad Mark is the self-development scouser or what I class him as (laughs) Um, and he is inspiring and helping so many people across the city of Liverpool and I absolutely cannot wait to introduce him to you today so Mark welcome to the podcast thank you very much I love that self-development scouser (laughs) I've been rapping that one I've never heard that before I don't think anyone actually claims that title but I I was just like that has to be yours yeah because that's just when I was thinking about how can I create the intro what what can I kind of like use as a tagline and that name just that like phrase came to me head yeah I love that so yeah thank you very much much worse than that in the past (laughs) so Let's start off with getting into the how you got into the self-development space because I'm really interested in knowing Mm. the backstory there. I fought martial arts, so I was competing for like 10 years um, and then came away from that. And I've been pretty much coaching in some form up until today. So in terms of the self-development thing, you know, martial arts in a sense, that was my focus and my main goal was to become the best fighter but. I could possibly be, I absolutely love fighting, even to this day, it's still a passion of mine. Um, but I kind of made the decision to step away from it 11 years ago. And obviously I had to focus my attention and all my energy into going from becoming the best fighter to the best businessman. And I started studying a lot of different people around the time i come away from fighting because a guy came to the gym, called I call him the brain man, Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I laugh and I say he's actually studied and knows more I was actually forgotten more than I'll ever know. And that's like me little saying where, you know, this guy's read books, studied um, psychology, neurology, quantum physics. He's still actually in contact with a company in Germany called Quantech, who I think they're one of the biggest quantum physics companies in the world. They create like plasma TVs and things like, literally the, the science, what, the, what they work with is like, we don't know nothing about it. It's not in the, you know, mm. it's not out there yet, basically. Yeah. So Brian's a really, really knowledgeable, um, knowledgeable guy. And I kind of met him as I was coming away from fighting. So I decided to move away from fighting for for my own reasons, um, which we need a lot of time to speak about. But I kind of moved away from fighting and was in a position where I had to earn a living. I'd left school with no qualifications and found myself competing for like 10 years. So being around the gym and stuff like that, um, fighting, coaching, was kind of I was earning a living and then when I come away from obviously that career and, and decided I was going to go to work it was like coming out of school with no qualifications and scratching your head like okay yeah where do I start um but I was fortunate enough to meet Brian around the same time and just kind of got the understanding through studying different people and speaking to Brian 
I need to understand more about my mind. And then further along, as I started studying there more about my mind, I'd look back on my fighting career and go, well, these are all the mistakes what I was making because I thought fighting at the time was a physical thing. It's only now, especially as of late with what's gone on with things over the last couple of years, people are becoming more aware of how important it is to exercise and train your mind as well. Mm. Which at the time when I was competing, you're talking like, you know, between 15 and 10 years ago, to go and seek advice or help with your mind was actually seen as a weakness. You know, we were embarrassed to speak about it or things like that because it was a physical thing. So like you didn't have, every gym didn't have sports and performance mind coaches. I was just in a position where I had to figure all these things out myself and my physical and my technical ability far outweighed me. It was basically a lot stronger than me mental. Um, and as I started to study my mind and kind of go down the self-development road um, alongside basic business and trying to earn a living that way, I just used to reflect a lot on my mistakes and learn a lot from them because as I was learning more about my mind, I actually had examples of how it had worked against me through a 10-year fighting career, which helped me strengthen my mind because when you've made mistakes and you can look at them and assess them and go, that's where I've messed up, this is what I need to do. That kind of helped me get where I needed to be a lot quicker than probably your average person. But then it gave me a passion and a desire for studying it more because obviously I've made so many mistakes. I was like, I can actually help other people with this stuff. That my mistakes don't, you know, the stuff you do in the schools, the things now, it's about turning a bad experience, so to say, into a blessing or a gift because it can help someone else. And that's kind of like, I look back at my fighting career and think, well, I've always been a coach and a team player, so to say. And if you're a fighter, it's important that obviously you've got teammates and you're all there for each other, but it's a very kind of selfish sport in the sense. So where I am now, based on what I've studied over the last 10 years, which is mostly my mind yeah. and understanding my fighting career, I'm like, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I've learned all them lessons and it's saved me a lot more. I believe them if I'd have won world titles because the information what I've got now helps me fulfill my passion, which is sharing all that knowledge and everything else with other people. Yeah. If that makes, yeah, it makes, that sense. makes sense. So mm, like a lot of people used to say, you're mad, you stop and fight because I really was good. I had a lot of ability. I trained with the best fighters in the world, invested all my time, money, everything, literally give everything to fighting. And then when I came away from fighting, like I had years where people didn't understand why I'd stepped away from it. There was loads of reasons why I'd stepped away from it, but ultimately it was down to me not having maybe the belief at the time to pursue it. So I chose a different career because it was it was safer. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it and, does. You know, maybe financially it, it mightn't have been, but, but to look at it at the time, I, might, I, I wouldn't know whether I was going to earn money, more money from being a businessman or having businesses than, than fighting. But at the same time, I went down the business road because it was there was a lot less chance of me failing. And the, I'd say... Um, if I pursued a fighting career for two, three years, got injured or anything happened where it didn't actually put me in a, posi- a, f- a good financial position, then, you know, there was, there was that, that's what I was kind of looking at at the, at the time. I had a son as well. It was like my firstborn uh, son. So, you know, I was like, I've, I've got to put food on the table. So I chose to basically step away from fighting. But I look at it now and like the stuff I do, a lot of it's based around belief trying to strengthen beliefs and help like kids understand and even like adults, everyone 
understand how important your belief systems are, your worldview, your perceptions, all these things. Because if if when I look back at that time, if I'd have understood my belief and I'd have had the belief in myself, I was skimmed for three, four years anyway. I'd have just gone and fought and done something out of love and been skimmed yeah. for three, four years until I was in a position where I was earning all the money I needed to buy everything what I needed and support my family and everything else. So it's like it was a massive lesson for me and a blessing at the same time. And like I'm act- and what I'm doing now in terms like the stuff for the week, the stuff in the schools, that's what I love. That's what lights me up. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. So we speak about having kind of lead you where you're supposed to be and then to have an understanding of that and then to be grateful for experiences, which at one point there was a bit of resentment there and, and, and it, it was painful. It's like, a, it's a nice, it's a nice thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's difficult, isn't it? Because especially for you, you would have had like, the identity as a fighter that yeah. was your who people knew you as being so to make a transition from that to going into the mindset stuff and doing all the research mm-hmm. especially when you were doing it it wasn't as well like well known as it is now it would have been difficult because you're stepping out and you're shifting your self-image of how you view yourself in the world and your place in the world and it's interesting how the universe has guided you along the path of not necessarily getting what you thought you wanted, but it's given you something to help you discover actually your your gifts and what you're meant to be doing mm-hmm. now for the rest of your life moving forward. And I do think it's true that even if something doesn't happen how we intended it to happen, there's always like a greater divine purpose for it. And then you've <clears> gone and like obviously put the work in and you've had the guidance from the right people who've come into your life to show you what's possible and then as a result things have just grown and compounded mm. but i'm the same like even like in, in terms of business and stuff like that like there's never for me there's never a missed opportunity if something doesn't work out or i don't yeah. get something i'm straight on to the next thing and it's kind of helped me get to where i am now i'm not saying i'm jeff bezos or <laughs> no i'm on that level but financially there's not a thing i wake up and i need i've got I earn more money than I spend every month. If I want to go on holiday, I can go on holiday. It's like my needs are all, um, I don't need anything. How did you change that mindset? Because obviously you touched on how when you were fighting, there was a time where it wasn't like the way it is now financially. So how were you able to make the transition? Because there are a lot of people listening to this episode now who might be struggling financially or they might you know have desires and ambitions to grow their finances but it's a difficult topic because not a lot of people like to talk about it it's not seen as like a respectful thing as it's a share so how are you able to go from where you were at one point to where you are now I think a lot of it's just down to actually getting to know yourself and understanding what do I need I understand that external things don't bring me happiness yeah at the same time, if you're struggling to pay your bills, well, that does bring sadness. Do you know what I mean? So it's like if you say money enhances who you are, I believe that can definitely be true. But I don't believe that having these material things can can make you happy. You've got to be happy before you get the material things. And this isn't like all law of attraction, like magic and woo-woo, yeah. <laughs> That's just how it is. Because if, if you're in a good... Like I, I laugh and say, the way I design my life, especially my mornings, let me walk my kids to school and put me in a job interview with anyone with 10,000 people all more qualified than me. I'll walk out with the job. Energy. With Because of yeah. the energy and things. And I, un- I understand that now, even on a mm. scientific level. That, like all this law of attraction thing, what people think, you know, they read the secret. But there's the science to back it all up. And that's basically because it's worked for me before I understood the science. 
but I believed in it. I've then gone and learned a lot about the, the science behind manifestation and energies and quantum physics and all these different things because I want to be able to give people the, the basically I want to be able to back up the stuff which is work for me and say this is how it works. And if you stick with it, then you'll see the results, not when you want to. Because that's not like, people read the secret, don't they? think every time they go to Tesco's, they're going to get a parking space. And they don't, and they go, this is bullshit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it, it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Mm, you know, if yeah. you weren't looking for a space, you'd never at the front, and you just decided to always park at the back. Well, you're always going to be at the back, aren't you? Yeah. People need to see to believe sometimes. And really, what you're saying is, you have to have a little bit more faith in, as long as you control how you're feeling and how you're, presenting yourself to the world then that will help what it is that you attract and how you show up yeah because it's like attract, attracts life yeah. in these different like law of attraction sayings but mm. it's true because we're all like we're all going into it i have to stop myself sometimes go into it i'm all about but, like, it <laughs> we're, we're all energy and the things what you want are created from the same source of energy as what you are so in a sense to attract certain things to you by the laws of the law of attraction or the law of vibration law of frequency whatever you want to label it You've got to actually become that thing. But yeah. we're, we're, we're all connected. Everything in the whole world is connected. This mm. is science. This isn't magic. This isn't the secret. Like, this is fact. Everything in the world is energy. And this is the very first thing which sparked an interest in me is because I was speaking to Brain Man Brian on a couch like you're sitting on now, and he said, you think that's solid? That's matter, that's a couch. And I'm like, yeah, well, of course, it wouldn't be, sitting, be able to sit on otherwise. He said, the only reason that's there is because it's the collective's perception that, that that's there and that's how you're, you're able. We basically create our reality through our perceptions, mm, and through and, our beliefs. And the human eye can only see to a certain percentage as well. can only see virtually yeah. nothing compared to what's yeah. actually there. It's powerful. So it's when you start to understand all that stuff, you learn to kind of manipulate it in a way to get the things, the things what you want. But that's not true. You won't, like, I'm not saying you can't do that, but... You can sit on the couch and manifest and try and visualise all these things. But if you're actually out there doing the work and becoming the person who deserves these things, that's the best way for me to kind of explain it to someone. Then it's only a matter of time before they start to manifest or come to fruition and, and you'll you'll see them. Mm. But it's like we were saying before, you've got to be grateful before you've actually got things to be grateful for. So like I think the start of the question was over like the external things. I understand that these external things might be nice to have. But at the same time, I've got to exchange time and energy for them. What makes me happier? Walking my kids to school and being present with my kids or driving my kids to school in a Ferrari and having a million thing, meetings and all the rest of it. And I've spent like the last seven years trying to put myself in a financial position yeah. and creating ways to manifest money and businesses and things like that just for the sole purpose of earning enough money to invest it into something passively, which gives me time. Because time for me is the most precious yeah. thing. So based on my values, I just want to earn, have a financial structure in place which pays me bills, provides enough money, food, clothing for stuff which I'm happy with so that I can go and have a clear mind when I'm with my kids and my missus over the weekend. Yeah, and money is energy. So money is connected a lot to like the masculine side of things like money mm. and love are closely connected. So a person's patterns with money will be similar to the patterns with love so when you start to do this inner work you notice your own patterns and how you your beliefs around like money and what you're worth like what you feel you're worthy of having mm. so obviously what you've done is you've began to like delve into this but you've 
started to change your own inner beliefs internally because I totally agree with what you're saying how like being grateful and emitting positive energy and saying affirmations is it's all necessary however your subconscious beliefs have to be in alignment with that otherwise you're going to keep coming up with like resistance aren't you it's Mm -hmm. and it's going to cause the people who are like oh this is just a load of rubbish this like it it doesn't work because it's like a a, an ongoing persist like persistent thing that you have to work on to find you almost like find you're just trying to reprogram belief systems which you've downloaded from from the day well actually from before you were born yeah when you're in the womb yeah and they see like i say this all the time up until seven years of age you're you're in a state of hypnosis yeah that's how we learn so much in such a short period of time it's there for a purpose but then you know we're raised by parents and people around us who their paradigm, their self-image and everything was created in their environment growing up. They might have parents who were born through a ward and who were struggling and stressed. Well, that's obviously going to affect who they become. They might have a negative outlook on a lot of things and they'll naturally pass that on to you. So like the stuff what we do in the schools, basically I like to sit in front of kids over a six-week period and just show them that they can improve. They might be able to throw a punch on day one. I use martial arts as my niche kind of because... That's what I'd say I'm an expert and I've invested so much time into it. So I use that as my way of getting into the school. But it's just to teach the kids, and I emphasise this a lot over six weeks, you can you couldn't throw a punch on day one. Now you can do takedowns, four or five punch combinations, you can throw kicks. Now it doesn't go and put that into any discipline or whatever you want to do when you leave school. If you approach it with the attitude which we've been able to work on over the last six weeks, you can achieve and become anything you want. It's just a case of figuring out what you actually want to do, what you've got an interest in, and just putting, you know, you like it's the same thing as what I've done. Like I've obviously been really disciplined, hard work, and all these different. Like I ticked every box apart from the self belief box. So when I came away from fighting and I understood that, like exactly, basically the more I learned about myself, the more I understood exactly where I'd made mistakes and what I needed to improve on, and I just put all of that into work, and it's it's you know it's it's put me in a position as I say I'm not. Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, but at the same time, I'm, I live very comfortably and I'm very happy. And I kind of, I'm in a position where I control what I'm doing on certain days of work at the minute. I'm working towards only working two days a week. I have two full days working on myself, time alone, studying, reading, doing online courses. I have Fridays, which is basically my day where I'm in the schools all day. Yeah. Saturday, Sunday's just completely dedicated to the family. I don't speak to no one. It's just I'm away with me missus and kids and don't ring me. Saturday, Sunday, that's family time. So I've never really, I like to try and think outside the box a, a little bit and I've always kind of had a different way of thinking and I've never liked the idea of Friday to Sunday, Monday to Friday and just wishing your life away. So that's what I have been working towards for the last you know especially for the last seven eight years but especially the last couple of years of being like i don't want to be working monday to friday did you always have that thought was it always i don't want to live my life like that or was that something you found as you did the inner work the different stuff what i've done to accumulate money that's it's not really been stuff that you've been passionate about so for me because i understand manifestation and, and law of attraction whatever you want to call it I've understood that I've always had to create reasons for um, ways to love money. So I've had to create reasons, even through like my imagination stuff, like buying me one my house and yeah. what I can actually do with the money, being in a position to help others. And 
actually prefer giving money away than I do spending it. That's like the, and a lot of people as you get older start to come to that realization that there's actually more joy in helping someone else who appreciates it than there is in spending money on yourself. So like I used to buy all designer clothes and stuff like that. Mm. But like now I'm not really bothered no more. And that's kind of a message what I'm trying to put into change the uh, perception a little bit where it's like we only buy these things because we we want everyone to it's basically advertising yourself in a sense yeah. to other people to create an image of you you want them to see it's like external validation of feeling good enough about yourself by how you look to other people yeah. and it's false and it's only like surface level because it's just like you say like a cover-up to really how someone mm. is feeling in their life and it's it's so sad that a lot of people put themselves in these difficult positions where they are struggling or they're doing things that they don't enjoy. It's not it's not really who they are and they're feeling trapped, like they can't get out of it. And they're around like the people around them who are doing the same thing with the same mindset. So to break out of it, it's well, hard. <clears throat> that's normal. Yeah. That's not normal to me. So to people in, in our society, especially in the likes of Liverpool, yeah. That's a big issue because the amount of stress that causes through people living beyond the means yeah. and seeking external validation, you know, exter external happiness. And they never get it. So like we do a Christmas appeal, which we've done for three years, so which is just basically we we put stuff for you social media the last couple of years, uh, me and a couple of close friends of mine. And it's just to help people at Christmas who are struggling. So we do toy appeal. We get toys at three. Like the last two years we've... I think we got like 60, 50, 60,000 pounds worth of toys and stuff last year. Or well, we do some local stuff with people who, in our own areas, just based on the fact we know people in the area and, you know, where we're from. And might go and see one or two families and you're going to see people. Like there's a girl, one girl in particular, who I've seen the last two years. And if you've seen her and you knew her, you'd think she had... She was all right. She financially, she was okay. She's got five, six hundred pounds shoes on. Yeah. And she looks presentable. And, you know, she's clean and she, she's actually a nice person, but she's got no fucking toys for the kids for Christmas and no food. And you're going to give them toys and food and they value what they look like to other people. And maybe that feeling what they get when they get a five, six hundred pound pair of shoes more than they value putting food on the table for the kids and buying them a, a toys for Christmas and like that's it's it's fucking absolutely bonkers but at the same time they don't know any difference you yeah. don't know what they've been through you can't judge them and say she's a bad mother because you don't know what experiences she's been through when she's younger yeah. so imagine that she valued living you know they should just just imagine everyone so so to say didn't really care over what people thought about them and they just you know, they valued spending time or being present because it's true. Like, I know COVID's a bit of a touchy subject, but I think a lot of people actually realise now, I know people who've got clothes shops and sales have, have, like, dropped and they're struggling because people realise that, like, going, just just wear, wear your scruffy gear and go for a walk in the park and stuff like that with the family creates more happiness than going fucking getting yourself in debt to buy designer clothes and things like that. Do you know what I mean? You know what I think it is, especially with women, there's, like, extra pressure on image 
and you know the likes of the Kardashians or something like if they're watching them and they're seeing what they're buying I mean obviously these these women are like billionaires like multi-millionaires mm. and I think it's that like fear of judgment because like someone else is wearing that or looking like that so oh I need to do that or that make doesn't make me feel good enough so it's this like rat race isn't it and you're so right yeah, if you it's, comp- it's competitive yeah and like I say this all the time because Liverpool is an amazing place yeah the stuff we've achieved for such a small city is like phenomenal yeah in terms of athletes creative people everything so that competitiveness in a sense serves us but at the same time people are competing with the next door neighbours the the the, the mates in school and it's like they're always trying to as I say use all these external things because we know that like even me I laugh and say, like, I'll be on Aldine. The first thing I'll do is look at someone's feet <laughs> and think I know everything about the life, how much wear, you know, yeah. just because they've got a certain pair of shoes on. That's like, that is a really scouse thing. Yeah. I'd say, I'm, I'm, I'm known for that. So it's something I have to, like, check myself and, you know, stop myself from doing. Mm. Um, and I'm aware that, like, you know, I shouldn't be judging anyone based on what they look like. So for me, it's like, if you can kind of get a message out there, it's not all these external things, what we get in death for and what we basically create a lot of, um, we're living in struggle and things like that to live a certain lifestyle. It's not It's not necessary. Figure out what you really value, which might be just your time, your health and these other things. And they're the things which, that's where you should be getting your, your happiness from, not from getting in debt to buy a certain pair of shoes or something like that. I agree. You know I mean? Yeah, I completely agree. So how can people begin to understand what they value? How can they listen to themselves and not too much everyone else? I think it's to get out of the, the busyness. And I speak a lot about meditation and stuff like that, but even going for a walk in the park every day, do you know what I mean? Setting intention this week, I'm going to go for a couple of walks. So I drive around in the car a lot of the time, no music on and stuff like that. And I'm actually with myself and I'm conversing with myself I spent 10 years of a fighting career, a lot of it in Brazil and different countries alone, mm. having conversations with myself. I'm on this thing every single day. I'm trying to learn a little bit more about who I am, what I value, you know, things like that. And I think if you can come out of like all this external, you know, business. The noise. And, yeah, the noise, yeah. And actually get quiet and spend some time figuring out who am I, what do I love? Because everything's conditioning. It's like, if you're born on county road, say, in a two-bedroom terrace and you only know basically that that's all you know do you know what I mean it's like I can't really stress how big a thing it is the people who you spend time around you know even like your parents a lot of like parents pass down their own self-limiting beliefs onto the kids I'm a big thing like I'll be walking my kids to school and we'll rehearse little certain things they don't even know they're doing it but like my daughter like I have a thing where I laugh and say, what, have you tra- what did you do if you try something that doesn't work? She goes, try again. I go, if it doesn't work again, try again. I say, well, what if you try three, four times, it doesn't work? She goes, I try a different way. And I say, well, what if that doesn't work after a couple of times? She goes, I try a different way. And I say, what will happen if you keep doing it eventually? And she goes, well, it'll, I'll figure out how it'll work. And yeah, I love that. Like I'm, because I'm aware of these things and like I've studied a bit of psychology and different stuff like that. I'm kind of instilling the beliefs into my kids that, they can do anything. Like another thing I speak about a lot is I made myself sick and manifested a lot of sickness over a 10 year fighting career as a form of self-sabotage. I used to predict okay. when I get sick. And In what way? So I've been asthmatic my whole life and because of nerves and, and everything else and me not understanding my mind, 
I'd cough once six weeks before a fight and be like, oh no, this that's it. I've got the I've got a that's a flu chest infection's on its way. But in a week, speak it into existence. I'd speak it into yeah. existence, yeah, create it. No, it's like anxiety or something in your chest, maybe. Yeah, because well, but the minute you start to experience any form of stress and you're in survival or fight and flight, you suppress your immune system and you create the sickness. Yeah. So I was actually being like, oh, I'm going to get sick a week before this fight and know it. And that was my attitude. Yeah. week before a fight, I'd get sick. But I'd be planning it for like five weeks Firming before. It. yeah. I'd be affirming it, I'd be putting it out there, however you want to put yeah. it. Mm. And then the closer the fight came, the more nervous i get. And the more nervous i get over being sick and the more worried I'd be over getting sick, then I'd create, I'd create the sickness. And that's what people don't realise. So since, and that's a nocebo, but then the opposite is obviously a placebo. So I understood through my fighting career and then meeting Brian and different things, I'm actually manif I've been manifesting sickness as a form of self-sabotage. So then wow. I started manifesting wellness and health. And I haven't been in the doctors for probably, you know, 10, 11, 11 years. I've had no sickness, no illness. So I've passed that on to my kids. So my kids' worldview and their belief system is if they, if they, they don't really get sick and if they do, it's passing through. So like... Um, I believe when you go on an aeroplane, it's 2022. If you think there's not filters and stuff on an aeroplane, which basically clear the air to stop you getting everyone's cough or cold, then then you must be mad. For me, the reason why people get sick when they go on aeroplanes is because they believe before they go on that plane that because the air conditioning is going to pass a bug around to everyone, I'm going to get a cough or a cold. And I believe they can create the cold. At the same time, if my daughter wants to go out and it's raining in a t-shirt, she can go out and wear a t-shirt. I'm not going to tell her not to because I don't want to tell her every time it rains. If she gets caught and she hasn't got a coat on, she's going to catch a cold because I know she's capable of creating that cold. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. It's a lot deep. Of, it's really deep. A lot of it's like what Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about, isn't it? Around like the body yeah. responding to the environment. Well, someone can get cancer and they can say you've got three months to live. The person yeah. can die in six weeks because they basically give in yeah. and die. Or someone can go, fuck that. I'm yeah. not dying. I've got two kids there and this and that. Yeah. And, and we're in three months to heal and it's gone. Mm. And we're capable of doing that. I've studied Wim Hof. I've been spent time in Poland. And like, the, I've, I went to see Wim Hof in London. I was studying this kind of stuff and I had belief in it. But I went and sat in London on my own with Wim Hof watch him stand scientist up on stage and go, we thought he was full of shit. We we hooked him up to all kinds of different devices yeah. in a laboratory, studied him. Evidently said he's done or he was capable of. He's done it. We thought he was insane. He's not. We're the scientists who were arguing against him. Now, i got goosebumps now. We're here now backing him up. Yeah. And I, I remember leaving that, that that day. I'd done the cold water uh, therapy. Um, I'd done the breath work. I remember holding my breath for like three three and a half minutes I'd never done anything like that in my life I'd done dabbled with bits of breath work but the main thing I left there with that day was the, the belief that we make ourselves sick and we can heal ourselves yeah we can and it's all down to stress and your hormones and, and like we're the way we live now it's actually we create the stress ourselves and we're accustomed to it and it's become our normal and for me that's completely fucked up to, to be creating all this stress and, and all these other things which are unnecessary. Mm. 
because that's how we're conditioned. Well, people get so busy being busy, they're not actually thinking about what they're doing because it's just the conforming to things. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, you know, it's normal for people to complain about, you know, what, what the day, the week, and they're not looking at things from a different light. So it just becomes this, you know, like the way you say, like, it's all you know. Yeah. And my perception of it and the way I view it, especially with like creating the life that you want, I think we co-create with, with a higher power, God, the universe, whatever you believe mm. to be true. And as part of your journey here on earth, it's to bring out what you're meant to be doing and how you're meant to be helping the world and your gifts. Yeah. And you will be led to your gifts and the people who were there in your life to help you bring that out as well. And it's not nothing to random. It all happens exactly as it should happen. However, you have to, like you say, set the intention of this is what I believe to be true. And then your RAS, which is obviously your reticular activating system in your brain, will seek it out more, further evidence Mm -hmm. to prove what it is that you're saying. So then that's going to help you along your journey. And you're right, like, because when you start to do this type of work, you build more self-belief, you build your self-esteem because you're seeing it work. Like you're seeing the likes of Wim Hof, look what he's achieved and everyone else around Mm -hmm. you. So you think, well, what is different to me, to them? Okay, yeah, there's a little few things that are different, but really we're all human. And I know certain people have privileges. However, we all still have the ability if we're going to put the work in and you just don't know what can happen as a result for the yeah. better. Mm, I totally get it. And mm. you find something which I've been thinking about quite a bit lately as well as um, the people who are suffering from the most depression and things like that just means that the furthest away from their truth. Yeah. So, and a lot of them use addiction and buying things and all these external things to try and escape that feeling of being so far away from actually what it is, what's supposed to be bringing them love and joy. And, you know, you can call it your purpose, or, you know, there's loads of different yeah. ways we can kind of describe it. But I think the furthest away you are from your truth, who you are, that's, that's when you're, at, you're most miserable, you're most unhappy. Mm. So it's kind of, you, as we say, you've got to get quiet and learn to understand yourself understand most of these beliefs and things which are holding us back the condition that's not even true the majority of it and then it's a case of doing the work the physical work as well to reprogram you where you're thinking and repro basically design a new belief system which supports you becoming the person who you're actually supposed to be yeah if if that yeah it makes sense complete sense and it's letting go of the instant gratification and seeing things from like the longer term perspective it's definitely a big part of it yeah yeah so then you're, you're <clears throat> a lot of people don't know what they want mark a lot of people are unsure and i'm sure you've spoke to many people i have and i've said okay what do you want from life well i don't really know because people are so used to other people thinking for them or they follow almost like following the leader. Yeah. I fell into that though, my story. Like I Obviously I'm not going to go into all of it now, but like I went down that similar path and then I realised, no, this isn't right for me. This isn't what I'm meant to be yeah. doing. And then I started to make a change. And I always say like doing this type of work, it's much more about unlearning as it is about learning because you're unlearning yeah. the way of you've, you used to be and it's great that you're I love what you're doing with your daughter by the way so she's obviously going to be a powerhouse in the future just examples (laughs) I like to use because I know people can can relate to them there's another one I've always used and it's like if you take your kids to Toys R Us and the kids I remember going to Toys R Us and saying fucking you're not having that fucking hell 15 quid for that or 10 pound for that whatever it is and like if you go there and your your kids say can I have that and you're like no that's you're missing that and you're fucking 20 quid for that you're unintentionally instilling 
Allah mentality into the kids. Mm. And it's not, no one's doing, no parents doing that intentionally. That's always the you know, but if you can flip that and say, well, you can have anything you want in the shop, you just gotta try and figure out a way to, to you know, to get it, basically. And you're not just gonna get it for nothing, because we don't just get things for nothing. Mm. It's cause and effect, it's, you know, it's karma, however you wanna call it. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's gotta be, um, you've gotta take some kind of an action, physical and mental, to, to be able to manifest and create the things well. So like it's an exchange of energy, so it's money's an energy, exchange, you exchange course, your yeah. energy and then obviously it yeah. will multiply. Mm. And the more value that you give, I think sometimes people are a little bit scared to give and I know you've touched on that, but when you give and you aren't expecting anything in return, it's weird. It's like you do actually get things in return. Emitting the frequency yeah, of abundance. deserving this as well. Yeah. So you're not in the scarcity mindset and mentality of like thinking I have to hold on to everything because nothing else nothing better is going to come of course yeah yeah and then i think as well like with you making that change you know especially with your with your finances and other areas of your life did you have to find other people to show you it was possible the reason i ask is on my journey and some of the stuff that i'm doing what really helped me is finding other women and other people not necessarily from this city but people who've done great things and i've looked at them and been like well I'm not much different to them, so they've been able to expand me to see what's possible. I think that's absolutely massive because, like, even I won't speak about the the the, the podcast. What I'm going to do, I want to bring real life examples in, yeah, to show that, that, and that that's really the main intention behind the podcast. There's people who I'm going to bring in who are just very, very relatable and come from the yeah. same backgrounds as us, who can actually to do exactly what you're saying. I'll just go look. This is. This is all the information. This is my, based on my own experience. This is where I've came from. This is where I've got to, and this is how I've done it. And that can be material, financial. It can be someone who's had cancer yeah. and overcome it. It's just actually putting that message out there for people to see it. I think the massive and the really important thing is it's people who you can see are no different than them. Because yeah. you see all these celebrities and famous people, and yeah. you can be guilty putting them on a pedestal and yeah. thinking they've got something you haven't. Mm. But at the same time, You've all got two arms, two legs, and and, and a gift somewhere. It's mm -hmm. actually figuring out what it is. And, yeah. You know. Yeah, I love that because you're showing your subconscious mind it's possible, but then obviously you have to then take the action in the in the physical form yeah. in order for it to manifest in like in well coming. Well, to I fruition. see the difference between motivation and yeah. inspiration is inspiration means in spirit. Yeah. In spirit just Connected. means in align with who you are, yeah. not the physical. Yeah. Actually who you are, what you're supposed to be doing, what you love ultimately. So that's like where motivation is obviously that's just the chemical in your brain which makes you want to do something at a certain time, but when it's gone, it's very hard to do whatever mm. it is you've set the intention to do at the start. I think a lot of people find it hard as well to to almost like whether you want to call it like follow your passion or something that you really enjoy doing because they're worried that there isn't that safety net and I know you touched on it at the beginning. Yeah. The way I look at it is if you genuinely are gifted at doing this thing or you've got like a talent or you enjoy it so much, then mm -hmm. you're going to be supported by the higher power of the universe Usually to help you. Usually from places where you're very, you very expect least yeah. expecting yeah. to come. And that's that's what, yeah. because when I started to learn this type of stuff, even like the manifestation and even like the science behind the quantum mm. physics and all, whatever, what I've learned over the last 10 years, I look back on my life and I didn't have it easy growing up. Like there's, that's a whole different story, yeah. but everything I've ever got, I've had to go and get it myself. 
and I've always figured out a way to get it from selling sweets in school and all the rest of it. So there's always that maybe entrepreneurial or just basically something which if there's something I need, I know I'm capable of going and getting it. So I'm, I can sit here now and openly say, I believe I can have anything I want. Yeah. But at the same time, fully understand it comes at an exchange of time, presence when I value being with my kids most. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I've got it for me to go and buy that thing, which is really expensive and create a financial situation where I'm able to live a certain way. I'm gonna have to sacrifice doing things which I love for that, and yeah. then things mean more than having them things. And I think that's what people need to understand. You don't need to have a bigger house and and whatever. It's where are you happy living, and then create a financial structure which supports you living in that place. And eventually, if you want to upgrade or whatever, then over time you're gonna have to upgrade your knowledge, upgrade your skills, and all the rest of it to be able to put yourself in a better financial position to be able to afford them things. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's the growth as well because you have to go through that. Because if you say you can have anything that you want, I believe that to be true as well. But I think sometimes we have to go through certain situations in life to help us level up to be at that level of energetically. Course. Because if you don't, if you don't work on yourself, if you don't grow, if you don't go through the experiences, then you're never gonna really change. Yeah, and you've got to build on your internal, haven't you? To obviously upgrade your external. Yeah. It works in that order, as you say. You've you've got to do. You've got to do the work. Yeah, 100%. You have to like show up and you have to commit to things. So when it comes to doing the work, if someone is really wanting to have an overview, like a makeover of the life, let's say, and they really want to fulfill the potential, where can they start? Like, what would you say is like the basics for people to really focus on and get like knuckle down on? And then they'll see like some positive Your physical change. and mental health, a million percent. Yeah. So like I spend and I've done for a long time. It's something that I preach anyway to like the win your morning, win your day and the stuff yeah. we've done on the beach. And like for me, my mornings are my foundation because if your average person works nine to five or whatever, you know, they've got kids going to school. That's kind of the life where most people, most normal people are accustomed to living. Yeah. But you've got to find time to, to study, to learn more, upgrade your knowledge, to feel better. Um, so I have like my morning routines. So to say we're Monday to Friday, I dedicate two, two and a half hours just to learning something, which means like reading books, watching videos, podcasts, different stuff like that. I exercise every morning. Obviously I do the cold water exposure, all the different things. And that's all basically, I want to learn more and feel better. So that I'm in a position to be in a positive mind mindset, so to say, and have my RAS finding opportunities and put me in situations and places where, mm. you know, I'm, I might, you know, things start to go my way, kind of. Yeah. Because if, if you're not feeling good about yourself and you leave the house every morning at nine o'clock and you feel like shit, no one's going to want to work with you. No one's going to want to give you opportunities. If the day right in front of your nose, you'd be too busy paying attention. Yeah, to maybe I agree, something yeah. negative or something which, mm. you know, that kind of victim mindset and mm. you don't see all these other things. Well, and that's, that, that, it's work for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's something I've studied, it's something I've kind of looked back over my life and realised when things were going well, it was down to the way I was thinking and, and the state I was in when things were going weren't going so well. It was down to me not thinking the right way, maybe being in, in, in not a good place in myself. So I always say to everyone, it starts with you. If you feel good, then the inspiration, the motivation, stuff like that will come with how you feel. Yeah. Feel to see, like the, the, the key, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's your perception of the situation, isn't it? Your and self-image, yeah. Who, who yeah. you see yourself to be. And the more you build on that self-image and you become a better, stronger 
version of yourself, then you'll, you you will start to Everton externally. Then we'll we'll just start to level up as you do. And you've got to have faith, haven't you? You have to trust the journey. Yeah. Have you ever doubted it at any point? Well, I doubted me fighting career, didn't I? And I mm. walked away from it. I quit. Do you think if you had the knowledge you have now that you would have made a different decision? One million percent, yeah. Yeah. I'd have stuck with the fighting, but that that I didn't have the knowledge what I've got now 11 years ago and I walked away and that was the right thing to do. Yeah. There's absolutely no negative feelings towards that. I'm grateful for every single experience. There's no good or bad. I'm grateful for... And it's, yeah, you can't look back on things like that, really, can you? So I suppose it's a bit unfair of me to ask you that, but it would just be interesting to see how has it helped you having this like awareness now? Do you know what I mean? Like, how has it supported you? But I do think it's had to happen like that to bring you here. Yeah, it has, yeah. And, and yeah. I'm fully aware of that. Self-awareness and understanding who yeah. you are yeah. is, the, is, the, is the foundation for everything else. Because if you don't know who you are and maybe what's, what's become broken through the duration of your life, then... You're not in a position to fix anything if you're normal. It's just, you know, just the way things are and you don't understand these anything yeah. different, then you're never going to want to change. So obviously the self-awareness, the meditation, spending time on your own, the doing the work on yourself, it's it's all some form of self-development. But it'll lead to better relationships with your, your kids, your partners. It leads to a better, you know, financial situation because obviously you're out there looking for opportunities. People want to give you opportunities if you make them feel good. Yeah. But you can't make someone else feel good if you don't feel good. That's so true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so and it comes down to the sacrifices as, as well, like understanding work, yeah. yourself and to do the work because mm. it's, it's not for everyone, I always say. Yeah. That's just, I don't know, that's just how it is. But Mark, I would absolutely love to, to do a part two with you at some time. I owe you a part two. I'll do a part two. <laughs> we'll do a part two and we'll go deeper into all of this type of stuff. Mm. And I know we definitely want to talk about human design, don't we, as well? Because yeah. that's something else we've been talking to, yeah. talking about away from the podcast. And uh, but yeah, thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to Lift Yourself Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe. And if you would like to see more content from me, follow me on Instagram at underscore Laura Lifts underscore. If you're feeling generous, give this podcast a review on the Apple Podcast app as it will help this podcast get in front of more people who need to hear this content. Thank you so much for listening. I am so, so grateful to have you with me and I'm really looking forward to speaking to you next time.